This is an Equity Bates Media podcast. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Your and good company would like to acknowledge and pay respects to the Wondery people of the Kulin Nation, who are the traditional owners of this land. We pay our deepest respects to the elders, past and present, and to the next generation who we hope to create a different future for. The best career advice that you are not getting is to invest. Hello and welcome to Your Ingle Company, an investing podcast striving to disrupt the norms in the finance industry. I'm Maddie and as always I'm in some very good company with my co-host Sophie. Hello Maddie, I'm very excited for today because finally, finally it's happened to me. <laughs> we're going to just breaking out into song. We're going to break down cryptocurrencies and a couple of, you know, the big coins that we've been hearing about such as Bitcoin. So today we're going to jump into what actually is cryptocurrency? Such a good question. I cannot (laughs) wait to find out. (laughs) We are going to be talking all about what blockchain is and how it is changing up the traditional way of doing things. And we are going to be hearing from a Bitcoin expert as we break down one of the hottest and most talked about cryptocurrencies at the moment. It sounds like a trend, like one of the hottest trends. (laughs) (laughs) Hottest 100. Let's do a countdown. But before we start, I've, as always, got a joke for you. This one's a goodie. It's cryptocurrency related. Oh, nice. Let's hear it. What do you call investing your partner's paycheck into a cryptocurrency that they do not like? That sounds like asking for some serious trouble, if you ask me. What? Passive aggressive income. I love that. That's so great. Before we get into today's episode, let's hear from a YGC community member. Hi, Nathan. So my name's Liv. Um, I'm 26 years old and I work as a hospital pharmacist in Melbourne. Pre-tax, I earn roughly about $6,500 a month. Um, depends on how many weekend shifts I work. In terms of my investing routine, I have no routine. <laughs> I kind of just invest in things as I see them, um, but I am keen to kind of start regularly reinvesting into my um, some of the ETFs that I already own. Um, currently, I hold shares in Cochlear Limited. I have IVV, which is the iShares S&P 500 ETF. I've got shares in Macquarie Bank. I've got NDQ, which is the BetaShares NASDAQ 100 ETF. I've got shares in PointsBet Holdings, Playside Studios, um, Qual, which is the Vanek um, International Quality ETF. And I've also got shares in Woolworths and also actually Endeavor um, as a result of the Woolworths demerger. So today, um, the total value of my portfolio is just under $22,000. And since starting investing in Feb last year, I've made a total profit profit of $5,300. I actually also own some crypto called Cardano or ADA, um, which has actually been a dream. It's up 333% since I bought it. Um, so there's actually about $8,700 sitting in my SwiftX account right now. Thank you. 
Great to hear our community member has delved into the crypto world and quite successfully by the sounds of it. So to gauge where we are at with our cryptocurrency expertise, we reached out to the community to ask what your questions are around cryptocurrencies and your initial thoughts to what you think they are. Can you buy pizza with cryptocurrency? I think cryptocurrency is the black market. That was a joke. But I used to think that. I've got a friend called Jack who's really good at investing in cryptocurrencies, but he really wants me to share my password with him. Should I do this? I think cryptocurrency is random TikTokers talking about weird named stocks and whales. Can you buy crypto on Comsec? Another type of money. And for some reason, I feel like it's sneaky, sneaky money. Can I invest on the share market with crypto? What What is crypto? It seems that it's very complicated. It's a little bit difficult to understand <laughs> cryptocurrency. You sound exasperated already. <laughs> yeah, when I speak to friends, I'm like, oh, my God, we're jumping into the abyss. But let's jump into the abyss altogether. What are <laughs> cryptocurrencies? Yeah, so I think in the simplest term, Cryptocurrencies are basically a code or a sequence of numbers and they're on the internet. So it's technically a digital or a virtual currency that only sits on the internet and it doesn't actually have any tangibility. Is tangibility a word? It's not tangible. <laughs> we'll go with it. It's not tangible. Tangibleness. Like- yeah, ten. <laughs> I don't know. It's not like a coin or a note. And don't be fooled because I often see, I actually think I'm going to blame you for this, Soph, because you've done a few videos on cryptocurrency on our Instagram and you always put, there's a little gold coin with a B on it. Yes. There's no <laughs> physical Bitcoin, okay? No real gold coin. It's only virtual. <laughs> it's only virtual. And I think one of the defining factors about uh, cryptocurrencies is that they are generally not issued by any central authority. So good examples of that is that there is no governments issuing the money and there's no banks controlling your money. It is all online. So money as we know it today is what's referred to as fiat money or the fiat system. And that basically just means that it's issued and controlled by the government. And a really key defining feature of that is that it enables governments or central banks to have control over the economy because they can control how much money is being printed. So instead of having this fiat currency that's backed by the government, it's decentralized and there's no authority to interfere with that, meaning it's all recorded on something called a ledger, which is pretty much just a report that records transactions. Publicly. Publicly. I think a really good example of this to understand it, to really contextualize it is let's say I, Mads, you and I went out for brunch. You can choose where we're going. (laughs) And, And you pay for it. Thank you. But then the next day, (laughs) (laughs) then the next day you asked me to transfer you. So on my bank account, it's going to say Sophie transferred money $30 on Maddie's bank account. It's going to say $30 transferred by Sophie. In this situation, the bank has control of how our money is getting around. But if I was to transfer Maddie in something like a cryptocurrency, instead I would transfer directly to her crypto wallet and that would be recorded on a public ledger that we can both see. I do want to delve into a little bit where cryptocurrencies originated from because it's quite a cool story. So it sort of first started out in the 90s when people started really thinking about what a digital currency might look like. Which is crazy because like thinking about the 90s, you know, there wasn't even an iPhone. I say iPhone, like any phone. Yeah. (laughs) But people were thinking about digital money. But 
The idea really took off in 2008 when there was a white paper that was written by someone called Satoshi Nakamoto. And this person is completely anonymous. We don't know whether it's a boy or a girl. And it was pretty much just a paper that was dropped onto the internet and it detailed the design for what a digital currency would look like. And specifically, the digital currency was called Bitcoin. It's pretty cool. You can literally look up this white paper on the internet now. I think it's just like a PDF. (laughs) Yeah, it is. It's just a PDF. And I think what really the rationale behind this digital currency was, it was at the time of the global financial crisis. And Mads, (laughs) we both did like 101 banking at uni. What happened at the global (laughs) financial crisis? It basically stemmed from the banks lending out too much money and to people who couldn't afford it. Yes. So... What the reaction was, was after this, you know, market crash was this paper that said, well, can't we have a system where we don't rely on these third party institutions and instead have a digital currency? So here we are. (laughs) And so that's where this buzzword of decentralization comes in. Mm. But so I do have a question for you. So because there's no like physical transfer of cash or anything like that, what is stopping me from using the same code to send you money and also to send money to my mum. <laughs> <laughs> Using the same numbers to send us yeah. both money. Love it. No, well, it's actually a very good question because this was detailed a lot in the paper as well. And it's like the concept of double spending. And the reason why the double spending doesn't occur with digital currencies is because of this thing called blockchain. Doom, doom, doom. <laughs> More like happy music because I think it's pretty cool. Yeah. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> We have a winner. (laughs) So if you've heard of blockchain before, uh, it can seem a little bit complicated, but really it's just a system or a technology that records information publicly and it is software that makes data agree with one another. You know, the data that you might have, Maddie, and the data that might have will match. So we know that there is one source of truth when using blockchain technology. Yeah, and because it is public, it means that people can't go in and change that information. Yeah, and I think the easiest way to think about it with the cryptocurrencies is that you have a block, which is a group of transactions, just like, you know, transacting with your bank, but on the digital sphere, and all these blocks get linked together to create a chain in a chronological order. And I think the component there of chronological order is really important because that's how we know the order of things are happening. So Maddie, if you send me that code of Bitcoin, (laughs) I will know that it's come to me before it's gone to your mum. Well, it can't go to your (laughs) mum. So it's mine to use. It's my unique numbers once you've sent it across my way. So I guess the best way to think about it then is that blockchain is the backing technology of cryptocurrencies. Yeah. So the reason why this is really important is because if you think about a digital currency that doesn't have a third party involved, like the government that you usually trust or the bank that you usually trust, you need to have a system in place where they can it can verify the information, it can ensure that the information is secure, and as we've already said a couple of times, that it's transparent so people do have trust in the system. Nice. I think we did okay. Because we're definitely not experts and I feel like we have just hit the realm of our knowledge of cryptocurrencies, (laughs) I think it's time that we bring on some extra help in order to go a little bit deeper on Bitcoin in particular. So today we are so excited to welcome to the show Millie Rowett. Millie is a software engineer in the Bitcoin team at Square, a name you may recognize after their recent acquisition of Afterpay. 
and she is here to try and help us understand what Bitcoin is, what makes the price move around so much, and whether or not it is actually connected with the stock market. So welcome, Millie. Thanks, guys. I am just way too excited to be here. I'm just going to word vomit everywhere. (laughs) Love the energy starting off. Millie, we start every episode with the same three questions, which we are going to put to you now. So we'll start off with what is the best thing that happened to you this week? So my my D&D character managed to get some gloves that let them catch arrows. So revealing my like nerds. Oh, sorry, rewind a second. What's D and D? We're we're down a rabbit hole already. Uh, Dungeons and Dragons. Okay. We, we play every fortnight. Um, nice. Maybe I'm just fulfilling a stereotype of a of a Bitcoin nerd here, but uh, it's really fun and a really good lockdown activity. <laughs> that sounds like a great a great skill to have. Well done. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, yeah, that was I was pretty excited. And our second question is, if you could have dinner with anyone, who would it be and why? I, I want, like, the nice answer is, like, I, my wife, because she uh, is a paramedic and works night shifts, so we don't always get to eat together. Um, but the cooler answer is probably Jack Dorsey, CEO of Square. <laughs> uh, he's such a cool dude um, and so, like, mysterious. I'd love to sit him down and just be like, what? You know, what's in your head? What? Where are you coming from? Why why Bitcoin? So I love it. They are two great answers. And if you could be a stock or a company, who would you be and why? If I could be a stock, I'd probably be GameStop because I also wish that mm. I were a meme. Uh, it's my life goal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think if I was I don't think I'd want to be a company. Too much responsibility. <laughs> So do you have like a 2022 goal list and it says like become a meme somehow? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I think it's just a life goal. Well, Millie, we're going to take a quick break for our sponsors, but we are going to be right back to chat more. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. So jumping into Bitcoin, you know, when we think about our current currency, like if I think of a gold coin, like I know where that comes from. It's a natural mineral. I think it's a natural mineral. It comes from the ground. Someone (laughs) produces it. They take it somewhere and they turn it into a nice little coin shape. And I go to my milk bar and buy my Redskins. Done. But when it comes to Bitcoin. (laughs) With gold? Wow. (laughs) (laughs) When it comes to Bitcoin, where do they come from? They're digital. What is the process of mining we hear mining so what's the process of digital mining yeah so 
people, I mean, the, the word mining has, has been, you know, uh, taken to the, the, the public vernacular, I guess. And people think, oh, gold mining equals Bitcoin mining. Like you you got a pickaxe and you like jump into the internet and you, you mine out some coins. It's, it's kind of misleading a little bit because it's actually more like a bunch of racing horses trying to solve Rubik's cubes in the dark, which is probably less, you know, succinct than, than mining. But, uh, you know, we, we spoke about the, the blockchain and, and if you understand the blockchain, you'll, you know, it's a big ledger, you know, it's a database. Uh, it turns out like, cause that ledger is separated into blocks and, and blocks are just collections of transactions. Uh, miners are basically block creators. So their job is to, you know, verify the integrity of, of those transactions in the blocks. Like are these, you know, is, does she really have that much Bitcoin? Is that really moving to that place? Does that exist? Uh, and they do this by guessing or, or working out, uh, this special code that all, like all the list of transactions create. And because this code is, is, you know, is really, 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 really long, uh, it is unable to be deterministically guessed. Like there's no special way or like shortcut to guessing this number. Um, basically these miners spend a lot of computing power to guess, uh, that number for the block. Uh, and, and basically, there's no better way than just to guess. Um, but once, once a miner guesses, um, you know, runs through billions and billions and billions of iterations of this number, um, it's really easy once they go, I've got it, I've got it. It's really easy for all the other miners to verify that that person is correct. So hard to guess, easy to verify is kind of this, you know, cryptographic magic that, that happens. Because uh, it took so much work to guess that number, everyone else will then choose that block as the next block on the blockchain. Uh, and the reward for guessing that number is newly minted Bitcoin or coins into the ecosystem, you know, like baby Bitcoins kind of like birthed into the world. Uh, and the idea is um, it's worth so much to guess that number um, because Bitcoin, you know, keeps going up uh, that you don't want to you don't want to pretend like you got the number. You don't want to like, you know, make a mess of all the transactions in there because uh, it's not worth the power that you spent to guess that number. Like energy costs money. Bitcoin costs, you know, is worth money. You've got to cover your power costs and also make a lot on the side. So it's kind of this game theory uh, security of the blockchain is based on these miners being greedy. So when I've read about how the mining process of Bitcoin works, I often just read that it's like massive computers that are like the size of your garage sometimes that are just solving equations all day. And once they've solved this code or this equation, it's like, bing, Bitcoin. <laughs> like a slot machine, like <laughs> just comes out of conveyor yeah. belt. <laughs> That's how I've been picturing it. <laughs> I mean, like the, the computers themselves uh, quite small, uh, but there's, you know, racks and racks and racks and racks of them. Um, and there's, you know, specialized hardware for just Bitcoin mining. You know, you used to be able to do it on your computer or like your souped up gaming computer used to be able to do it. Um, but now it's just so competitive that, you know, you need specialized hardware to do it. It's also new news to me because I really envisage like people sitting at their computer, like typing no. out no. codes or something, but it's not it's like not. there's no people. It's involved. all it's, automated. It's computers. In fact, there are like <laughs> people, um, because like Bitcoin miners are always looking for the cheapest energy. Like a lot of time that is actually renewable energy. That is the cheapest way to get it. So people actually set up Bitcoin mining in the desert, you know, under solar panels They Whoa. in the, like the forests <laughs> of China. Well, it used to be in China before they banned it. 
Uh, like these oh. massive hydro <laughs> power plants that can't get electricity to towns, but, you know, they can be used by Bitcoin miners to like generate value. Uh, it's kind of this crazy idea that you can turn any remote source of energy into money using Bitcoin mining. So this year we have heard about how Bitcoin has hit all-time highs. Then I think maybe it went down and people talked about like the dark winter of Bitcoin and like now I think it's back up again. How, how does Bitcoin actually carry value? Like who decides how much it's worth? I mean, it, it is October apparently, so that you know, it only goes up <laughs> in October. Uh, no, apparently autumn is a good is a good season for Bitcoin. That's what Twitter tells me. There you go. Heard it here first. <laughs> um, I mean, it's spring here in Australia, so maybe it doesn't count for us. But so it's it's a good question. But you know, I'll answer your question with another question. Like, how does anything hold value? You know, value is is what people are willing to pay for something, and. And Bitcoin has as much value as something like gold, right? Like you said it, Sophie, it's a, it's a mineral we, we took out of the ground. Like why gold? Why not something else? Why not copper? It's way more useful, right? Like you can actually use it to build stuff. So like there's kind of like utility versus value. And, and Bitcoin in terms of utility, like you can kind of use it to like, I don't know, like there's not much utility for Bitcoin, like even in the grand scheme of things. Like it's, it's digital numbers on, a, on the internet. Uh, whereas gold, I guess you can make it into bracelets. Uh, that's just, yeah, jewelry. Yeah, that, and that's about it, right? Like, why, 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 why is gold this? You know, this asset, this commodity that we we trade. Um, and and Bitcoin actually shares a lot of properties of what is considered a good money um, with with gold. Uh, stuff like you know, it's it's really easy to verify that Bitcoin is is real, real Bitcoin versus fake Bitcoin. You know, real gold versus fake gold. You can tell. Uh, it's easy, like. Bitcoin can be divisible into, you know, hundred millionth millionth of itself, um, called like sats or satoshis. Um, it's it's quite scarce. So, you know, gold is probably where it gets most of the value value, right? And um it's hard to find. It's not just, you know, dropping from the ceiling. Bitcoin is scarce in that it'll only ever be twenty one million Bitcoin made ever. Like that's, you know, final word. And we're up to about eighteen million right now. So uh, stuff like it's really hard to, if you've got gold, you know, in a safe, it's really hard to steal. You know, the government can't really seize it. I mean, they can and they have, but, um, it's a lot, um, it's, it's a lot harder than like, you know, money in your bank account that that's gone like that. Right. Um, but there are, there are, there are cases where Bitcoin is actually more useful than gold and your stuff like portability, like you try bringing 10,000, you know, gold, gold nuggets through the airport in your suitcase, like trying to drag it. Um, you, you can take you know, millions of Bitcoin on a USB uh, and, you know, no one's going to seize it. Um, and, and the only mm. part where it kind of falls down is this history. Like gold has, you know, thousands and thousands of years of, of being used as a as a, a source of money, whereas Bitcoin's only been around 10, 10 years, if that. Uh, it's, you know, it's still young, but, um, you know, as we keep going, it'll start to just become more and more scarce as like Bitcoin is used and traded and, and it'll just, you know, the idea is that it'll just keep going up, but yeah, we'll see. I'm just still trying to get my head around the fact that like, this is a piece of code that's scarce that creates little coins out of a slot machine, which it doesn't actually. <laughs> like it's a lot to take in right now. <laughs> it is. It, it really is. Like I think that's why it's so it's so alien to so many of us is like, wait, but 
like where where is the value come from and it's like well people um people set the value it's a free like free market thesis right like you can pay whatever you want for bitcoin um people as long as there's demand there's going to be a price for it so we talk about it going up and down a bit why is bitcoin so volatile like we often see with the share market um, stocks will react to certain news or earnings or things like that. So what causes volatility with um, Bitcoin? Mm, yeah, and this this is people are still trying to understand, um, you know, the the ups and downs of Bitcoin. Se- seemingly some days it, it's in reaction to nothing. Uh, it just happens. But it, it is an emerging asset. So it, it really doesn't have that history. People don't really understand it. Therefore, like, when the slightest bit of bad news comes out, I think there was some uh, some really terrible article that was completely false around like, oh, we found a bug in the Bitcoin software uh, and it tanked that day. And you're like, well, anyone who did the slightest amount of you know research or knows about Bitcoin will know this is false. Um, but because so many people are invested without understanding it, um, as soon as it goes down a little bit, um, it goes down a lot. Uh, and there is a lot of like, people who are leveraged up to their eyeballs trading Bitcoin are short positions who as soon as Bitcoin goes up, uh, they get liquidated. Uh, and the same with when it goes down as well, like these kind of pulls and puts are all liquidated. Uh, so when it swings, it swings hard. Do coins like Bitcoin like mirror the stock market at all? Is there any link between how the stock market is traveling and how the value of Bitcoin is going up or down? It's a really good question. We're still trying to figure that out. We've seen definitely examples where, you know, the market, especially tech stocks, uh, have gone down and, and crypto has gone down too. Uh, but we're not, we've also seen examples of when the entire market goes down. Uh, Bitcoin has been up. Uh, so if anything, there's like a very shaky correlation. Um, but Bitcoin and, and crypto seems to do its best when there is, you know, extra income, disposable income in the market. Uh, and when faith mm. in government, I should say, is a little bit shaky. So, you know, when we, uh, the US government did a lot of money printing for the, uh, for the pandemic last year, people, A, had a lot of money to spend, uh, and B, uh, inflation or like quantitative easing, uh, you know, people didn't call it that, but they were worried. They're like, oh, wait, you can't just make money out of thin air. Uh, wait, this Bitcoin thing, ah, oh, inflation hedge. This sounds, this sounds legit. Like that is kind of this narrative that it, it trades on. We actually spoke about that in one of the episodes that um, Bitcoin is like the new, some investors are saying it's like the new gold and it can be used as a hedge against inflation because it's not tied to the US dollar. So I find that personally one of the most interesting use cases. Me too. It is um, one of the reasons why I invested in Bitcoin and not gold. Uh, I just think as an inflation hedge, it makes sense, Uh, especially uh, when you think about like the amount of money that gets printed these days and how easy it is to do that uh, with Bitcoin kind of being this own separate thing, you know, the theory is maybe one day it'll be used as a reserve currency for these nations uh, because it, it can't be manipulated by any central government. Uh, so, you know, countries, the, the theory goes countries that get a front run on, you know, Bitcoin reserves in their own country will actually end up being the more rich countries. So we have got one final question for you today, Millie, and I think it's a good one. I'm looking forward to hearing your <laughs> answer. What piece of advice would you give to someone who is very new to all of this and is wanting to start out their investing journey in the crypto space? 
Cool. So I, I do I do hear this question a lot uh, from you know friends and family, especially as you know the bull market you know goes up and and people hear about Bitcoin more and more. I always say uh, start small. I always say like buy five dollars worth of Bitcoin. You know on a big you know reputable exchange like Coinbase or Coinjar or whatever it feels you know whatever you find. Um, hold it for a while. Um, it'll go up. Uh, it'll go down. You know, and see how that feels for you. Um, because, you know, if you're not able to sleep at night, like checking the price of Bitcoin every day, like maybe this isn't a great place for you to invest. Uh, and if, and if you can, if you just like, oh, it's gone up, you know, if it's gone up 10 times and I feel normal about that, uh, you can start, you know, dollar cost averaging uh, a bit every month. Uh, you know, maybe choose a percentage of your portfolio that you want to allocate, you know, big companies, um, you know, 5% is a, number thrown around a lot so if that you know that's quite conservative if you feel like you know you're still a bit worried about it all you know five percent is quite small um and then as you do like keep reading and learning about crypto because it's um it's really really exciting uh and and as you learn more you can branch out to other things like you know other cryptocurrencies ethereum uh decentralized finance stuff nfts like it's all really really exciting uh, it's kind of like the equivalent of learning about the internet in the 90s. Like there are a bunch of nerds just looking at it right now, but like as more and more people come to it, um, it'll start to just become normal. Um, and, you know, just beware that not all crypto are created equal. Um, you beware of people telling you about the next Bitcoin. Uh, there is no better Bitcoin. <laughs> you know, Bitcoin is is done. It's It's perfect. Uh, so, you know, coins are all created using different trade-offs and a lot of them are just scams. So um, do your research when you when you look into it. Be careful of people trying to sell you something. Um, start with Bitcoin and uh, see how you feel about that. Yeah, I think that's really sound advice. And I think what I'd add to that is like have conversations with people about it, you know, because I think that really adds value and people give their perspectives of what it is and they can explain it to you in layman's terms. I feel like sometimes that's the best way to learn about it because sometimes online can be a little bit scary. <laughs> I've delved into a couple of YouTube videos, but they're very technical. <laughs> um, well, Millie, thank you so much for joining us today. I think today is just the start of our conversation about crypto and we have got more episodes to come where we're going to try and understand a little bit more like the use cases of crypto and where it might be headed in the future, as well as, of course, how you can actually invest in crypto. But thank you so much for joining us today. It has been a great intro into the very basics. I'm sure there could have been so much more that you could have gone into. So thank you for holding back. <laughs> it's been a lot of fun. No, my, my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. This was so much fun. Oh my gosh, my mind has been blown <laughs> a little bit today. It's good learning, but my God. Great learning. It's a lot for one day. I was just going to say that I think with this space, it's really similar to what Froom said in one of our previous episodes about when you first start learning about investing, so it's the same in the crypto space, just listening to these conversations and then doing a bit of your own research and then joining into new conversations, all of them allow you kind of to build on the foundation. So don't feel like we need to get this straight away because I'm still confused <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> I will second that. And if you are keen to continue your reading or listening, we have a couple of great resources available. 
Our friends over at Equity Mates did a week-long series all about cryptocurrency. It started with the basics and then it went a little bit deeper into the world of crypto. So definitely go and check that out. We also have a new podcast joining the Equity Mates family <laughs> called Crypto Curious, which is launching the 8th of November. So definitely head over to there to find out more about cryptocurrencies. And as always, if you have any questions about today's episode, we would love for you to jump in our Facebook group and continue the conversation. It is YIGC Investing Podcast Discussion Group. <laughs> and if you're enjoying this podcast, leave us a review. We love reading them and it will help more people find us just like you. Thank you so much. Goodbye. You're in Good Company is a product of Equity Mates Media. All information in this podcast is for educational and entertainment purposes only. It is not intended as a substitute for professional finance, legal, or tax advice. The hosts of You're In Good Company are not financial professionals and are not aware of your personal financial circumstances. Before making any financial decisions, you should read the product disclosure statement and, if necessary, consult a licensed financial professional. Do not take financial advice from a podcast. For more information, head to the disclaimer page on the Equitymates website where you can find ASIC resources and find a registered financial professional near you. In the spirit of reconciliation, Equity Mates Media and the hosts of Your In Good Company acknowledge the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respects to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people today. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.